0: Thank y'all I tell you ya, Y'all are good people yeah. And I'm telling you It's fun Yeah, we say it all the time We got the best people And, and uh, man, people love coming here And ministering they, they do, man They love to come here and minister You know, and that's because y'all Y'all are just great And uh, we love y'all And uh, yeah, we know all y'all's (laughs) jump. And still love you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're all one big mess, and that includes us. You know, there ain't no rocks in here. (laughs) If you got rocks, put them in the parking lot. (laughs) We need them out there. (laughs) Oh man. God is good, y'all. I'm telling you, God is good. God is good. Well. The title of my uh, message is uh, "Ministry, Operation, and Manifestation." Now, the thing about it is, is that the ministry, the operation, and the manifestation; these are three things that must absolutely make a comeback in Christianity. In the culture of church that we have in America, these three things need to make a comeback in the body of Christ. And uh, in every and all believers who know their God, who are going to excel, who are going to take action, these three things are going to be taking place in their lives. And there's no way around it. And we've got to knuckle down in the day in which we live, going through this uh, shaking that we're going through when we when God began to peel back the layers of uh, of the body of Christ and what it was missing. This is what He's getting us to. Each and every person is He's getting us to that. Colossians four seventeen. Paul says, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Now listen, you got to understand, all are called. Every person sitting in here is called. What you have to understand, ministry is not just standing in a pulpit. Ministry is not just the clergy. See, we have created this monopoly that ministry it, when we say, "Oh, I'm not called to the ministry," that is lie. Right. Because we are all called. We are all invited. To the kingdom of God, come on. And so the thing about that is, is you have to understand what ministry is. It's not just standing in a pulpit. It's not just getting in an RV, taking your whole family and and teaching them how to play all the instruments, even little junior with the kazoo and going around the country evangelizing. That's Or going to Africa on the mission field. That's not called. That may be an area you're going to, but that's not the calling. But that's what we think. And that's not it at all. So we're going to, and Paul says, take heed. In other words, he says, beware. Beware of administering and teaching to the service. In other words, do your best and he's talking to every person here in the word ministry when you look it up it means to attend it means to wait waiter means a waiter a teacher it means to administer it means relief servant pastor it means all these things see we're we are attending to what Jesus is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We are administering, here's the way, through the truth, if you want life. Come on, does that make sense? That's what we do. We are waiters. We are servants. And we're We're attending. It means to be present. To be present. When it says ministry is attendant. That word attendant means to be present. Where are we going to be present with the way, the truth, and the life? On our jobs. At school. Come on. In our neighborhoods. At the ballpark. Let me tell you, we need to be present at the ballpark. I was thinking, I'm thinking I was thinking, you know what? I'm gonna get me a booth. I'm gonna make a booth and I'm gonna get stacks of those books that I hand out train up a child in the way he go. because we're behind on the butt whoopings at the ballpark. I will be moving on. Luke chapter 19. Jesus begins in Luke chapter 19 talking about stewardship and some of you in our Bibles, it says the parable of the fig tree, the glorious return, parable of talents, and par- you know, the parable of money usage. Well, yes, and n- not only money, okay? The parable of the talents is more than just money. Yes, I understand that Jesus is also teaching and you can draw out of the teaching of the talents and the minus uh, about capitalism. I get it. But you have to see the spiritual impact here and the spiritual that he's talking about, okay? Uh, he, and, what it, and it says that the ones that come with the talents said, here, master, your talent, you gave me 10, here's 10 more. See, that's multiplying. Yeah, that's capitalism. Yeah, that's called hustle. You're out there doing something. You're working it. You're being a steward of it. You're multiplying. There's nothing wrong with that. We got a whole woke culture out there saying capitalism is bad when Jesus taught it. It was crickets. But the spiritual implication here is about stewardship. About what we do with what we've been given. Because look what he says. Well done, good slave. Because you've been faithful in a very little thing, in authority over ten cities. See, most haven't got the revelation of this. That when you've been given something little... See, he gives us a measure of faith, right? Now, what we do with that is up to us. Are y'all with me? Every person in here has been given a measure of faith. Now, you can just sit on it and do nothing, and you can see what happens when we do nothing with it. We've created a whole church culture of doing nothing except saying a prayer and waiting to go to heaven. Okay? Jesus equates this to, you've been faithful in little, I'm fixed to put you in charge of much. So automatically that tells me the kingdom of God works on if I'm doing something with what I've been given. Because we've been given a gift called grace. Grace. Are y'all with me? So we can't just sit here because here's the question going to be asked to every person in here. It's not going to be what denomination were you? <laughs> Let me just say this. God don't care what your denomination is. I know that makes some cringe. He don't care. What He cares about is your hunger and your thirst for righteousness and to be able to move forward and to be able to be good stewards of what He's giving you. And so the question that's going to be asked is what did you do with my son that I hung on the cross? Come on, are y'all with me? What did you do with my son? That precious gift Well done, good and faithful slave. I'll put you in charge of more. Hustle's not a bad thing. Hustling is not a bad thing. But it's not in our culture today. We lost hustle in our culture in the 90s. Started in the 80s, trickled out during the 90s. We lost hustle. We lost bear down grit, hustle, In the 90s. Matthew 24. Look in verse 45. Who then is the faithful, sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. In other words, he's saying those who will hustle and be stewards, I'm going to put them in charge of the operation. I'm going to put them in charge of this operation, of what's going on. The word operation, possessions, performance of practical work, or the practical application of principles or processes. See, there is a process that takes place in our walk that grows our faith. And we have to begin the work of the ministry and by operating and showing people the principles, here's how you're gonna be blessed. There's nothing wrong with telling people, here's how you're gonna be blessed. Here's how God wants to bless you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you come from. When you believe in Christ and what God did through Jesus Christ on the cross, it's a new road you're walking down now. See, this is the accountability of the son. That's what's going to be asked. What did you do with my son? See, when we receive the Holy Spirit upon believing... This is what every believer needs to understand is going to be taking place in and around their life. Ministry, operation, the way, the truth, and the life. We are going to be operating, here's the way, in the truth, to get to life. That's the operation part. We are to attend that. We are to be waiters to people who are looking for that. Come on. We always say around here, we are on assignment. We're always on assignment. And it's never more evident once you, when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, you're always on assignment. It doesn't matter where you go. I remember leaving here one year, had a place in Kansas going to hunt. And I remember thinking, I'm fixing to be gone for two weeks. I'm out of here. And I no sooner left the church. I had my truck loaded down, had my buggy on it. I was ready to go. I'm going hunting. I am going to sit in a tree by myself. I'm going to be just up there just doing nothing. And I ain't even got out of the driveway. And the Lord said, you're on assignment. I'm like, no, I'm not on assignment. That's, that's got to be me talking. I'm going to be by myself. Holy Spirit said, you just think you're going to be by yourself. Little did I know that I booked my room at a bad hotel where all the drug addicts and prostitutes were Come on. And a little round woman, this bigger, named Walter. No, I'm sorry, Willie. Oh, I was like, I'm on assignment. So me and old Willie got acquainted. And I got to find out about everybody in that motel. You're always on assignment. The Holy Spirit's got to work a ministry and an operation to show the way, the truth and the life. Come on, those people needed life. I mean, you pull up and there's... There's a chair underneath the stairs for the crackheads to pass out in. Are y'all with me? Now we can turn a blind eye to all that or that's the ones we're there to tell, hey, let me get you to life. I know life has sucked for you up to this point, but let me show you another way. And I can't tell you, we sat in a parking lot talking about God. The Holy Spirit began to minister to Willie about her being abused, coming to Kansas. He just right there in the parking lot began to tell her how much he loved her. Just because man's been abusing you doesn't mean that I will. Come on, we're always on assignment. Always on assignment. 1 Corinthians 12. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. When the Holy Spirit began to manifest that her life had been horrible up to this point, let me tell you something. She began to see God. She began to see the kingdom of God. She began to see, come on, that she wasn't alone and left to be just abused. See, it became clear and it became real that there is a God, that there is, come on, a way, truth, and life. Are y'all with me? This is in every one of y'all. There is nothing like when the Holy Spirit begins to manifest His presence. Nothing like it. Every time it happens through me, it changes my life. The word manifestation means exhibition, expression. Come on, there's no greater expression of God's love when he lets somebody know you're not by yourself in this. I have heard and seen all your cries. How many times have you been in a spot where you've said, God, where are you? Why am I here? What's going on in my. We've all been there. An expression, an extension. we we become an extension of the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The authority and the dominion of the kingdom is here right now. That's through each one of us. We become an extension. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how that works through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's why it was given. Everybody still with me? To render apparent, visible, open to view. The kingdom of God is not supposed to be this God moves and works in mysterious ways. No, He told we've got the manual. There's nothing mysterious about God wanting us blessed. Come on. there's nothing mysterious about God saying, "You're my child. And we make that known. clear. Manifest to the understanding. See, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in his heaven takes on a whole new meaning when you understand ministry, operation, and manifestation. It's in all of us. It's in every one of us. Look in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Verse, uh, let's start in verse 4. Peter and John are going up to the temple. Look, this is right after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They'd been up there waiting, they'd been hanging out, you know, doing all their stuff, you know, Maintaining. maintaining. And then the Holy Spirit comes just rattles the whole place. Tongues of fire just fell on them. I mean, they had church. They come out of the upper room. Everybody thinks they're drunk. I know. Can you imagine? I I mean, we we made church so solemn and so quiet and so refined. And here the Holy Spirit comes in and listen, what do drunk people do? (laughs) I mean, they act drunk, yeah. That's right. right? And so here everybody's looking and they're going, man, them guys is drunk and it ain't even noon. Yeah. And so after that all happens, Peter and John, they're heading up to the temple and all of a sudden it says, and a certain man in verse two, who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. Now you have to understand, this man's everyday life was begging. This man's world was nothing but begging and being carried. That was his mundane everything. When he woke up in the morning, his expectations was to beg. Every morning when he woke up, he woke up a crippled beggar. That was his only expectation. Come on, you got to get this. And when Peter and John are walking up and he sees them, he begins to do. Everything that he's always done. How many times have you been somewhere and you see people hung up in the mundane of life, going about their business, doing everything as business as usual, going to the same job, going to the same grocery store, going to this... Come on. Doing the same every day expecting to do the same thing every day you get in that routine how many of you got a routine that that's exactly what you do every day I got my routine I like my coffee sitting with my woman. I like that. That's a routine I like. And when he saw Peter and John, Peter along with John fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. Look at us. And here's what you got to understand. They're not saying, look at me. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, give me your attention. I'm fixing to change your expectation. If you will give me your attention, I'm fixing to minister through the operation and then something's fixing to manifest. Oh. Give me your attention. Hear what I'm about to tell you. And he says, he began to give them his attention. Look, here's where his expectation is, to receive something from them. Like coins, alms. He's expecting to receive something material. He's expecting to receive something just like he has all his life. Listen, we can't get to the place to where we think that what we don't have can't change somebody's expectation of what they don't have. Does that make sense? Because what we have will change the expectation from now on. He says, Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the hand. Here comes the manifestation. Seizing him by the hand, by the right hand. He raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. Was his feet and ankles strengthened when he said, what I do have, I give you? No. What did it take? It took an act of faith. It took an inner dialogue going, hey, here's the deal, boys. You're going to have to reach out. And this is where we get hung up. We get hung up in that last step of manifestation of the miracle that we've been teaching, attending, and operating. We need to start to get to the place where we go, okay, no matter what my eyes are seeing, no matter what I'm hearing, come on, get up. At least reach down and start, are y'all with me? Because I I, I hate when somebody says, uh, we'll pray for you, but then they don't. When somebody says, will you pray for me? Yes, we will right now. Right now. Doesn't matter where you're at. Right now. It's easy to go. Yeah, I'll pray for you, and then next thing you know, we're gone. And no, let's do this right here, right now. Who knows? I want to see it. Ma- I want to see it manifested. I want to see something happen. Look at Acts chapter eight. You say, "Oh well, that was the disciples." That was Peter and John. That was one of the disciples. That was one of Jesus' bros. Yeah. Acts 8, look in verse 6. And the multitudes with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Now, yes, there was a Philip who was one of the disciples, but this ain't that Philip. This Philip was one of Stephen's buddies full of the Holy Ghost, power, and wisdom that was uh, a waiter. (laughs) He was one of the guys that was waiting tables with Stephen because the other guys were spending their time Praying and reading and attention to the word and the teaching. Come on, are y'all with me? This Philip and this Stephen was waiting on tables, going to house to house, serving the widows and the orphans, making sure they were getting their food. And at the same time, doing the ministry and the operation, there was manifestation in their serving waiting and attending to the point to where people were being healed, being delivered, being set free because they were just serving. Yes. Are y'all with me? Wow. On the Philip we're talking about. Mm-hmm. On a waiter boy. <laughs> I love it. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits. Oh, what? What? Even demons? Yeah. They was casting them out. They were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed by this minister, servant, just a kid. Come on. And there was much rejoicing in the city. Look in verse 12. And when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized men and women alike. This servant. Now we're baptizing. Now we're, see, you're seeing all three of these, ministry, operation, and manifestation. You're seeing all three. Now look in uh, verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, bringing in the big boy, big guns, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all seeing this? There, Philip, man, he's doing the ministry the operation and the manifestation of it. And so now here comes Peter and John and they're coming in on the hills and they're laying hands on people and now they're receiving the Holy Spirit so those people can go out and do what Philip was doing. Because it's the Holy Spirit is for the witness and the power. Come on. You can go back and read it. Verse sixteen: For he had not yet fallen upon any of them; they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Now look in verse twenty-nine. It's all you almost have to go look at twenty-six. After Philip, and all this is taking place—the ministry, the operation, the manifestation. Philip leaves Samaria and he's he's leaving and an angel of the Lord, verse 26, spoke to Philip, this waiter, this waiter. Keep that in mind, saying, arise and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's a desert road. He arose and went. And behold, there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, so-and-so. Look down at verse 29. And the spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. And when Philip had run up, he heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and said, do you understand what you're reading? Listen, Philip is on assignment here. Verse 31. And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? Very important. Who's our guide? Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit's our guide now. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was in an Isaiah about Jesus, all right? Now look in verse uh, 34. And the eunuch answered Philip said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? Verse 35. And Philip opened his mouth, began from the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. And they went along the road. Now they're traveling. They're traveling. He went along the road, said, look, water. Philip, he says, I want to be baptized. So Philip says, all right. They get out and they're baptized. I'm trying to kind of get on with this story here. Look in verse 39. And he said, and, and when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord, <laughs> look at verse 39. When, they, when, when Philip baptized this guy, he comes up out of the water what is it? The first thing you do when you baptize somebody is I always get a wet hug. And this eunuch stands up and he goes to hug Philip. He just hugs himself. Because it says, look, and when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. Now, here's what you can do right now. You can sit there and begin to explain this way. Oh, well, that just doesn't happen anymore. I can't wait till it happens to me. I've prayed driving down the road for days hauling bulls across the United States. Lord, translate me like Philip. Just because it didn't happen doesn't mean I don't believe it. Peter walked on water, but he never was translated in the spirit 20 more miles. It said Philip, he found himself 20 miles in another town, Ashdod. Can you imagine that scene? Poof You'd have to get your bearings. Do I recognize anything? <laughs> right? Just think about that. Because see, soon as you start trying to explain away the work of the Holy Spirit, you'll start building a fence around your faith. Yeah. And you'll put limiters on your belief. Soon as we start trying to explain all that away, the, soon as we start trying to explain the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we start fencing ourselves in. Come on, are y'all with me? And you can't do that. That's how we get to the stat that 80% of Christians don't believe the Bible's relevant for everyday life. That's a remarkable stat. 80% of believers. So this means a lot of people that you know that believe God, they just don't know Him. They read the Bible and don't believe. Come on. And that's why they say, oh, it's mysterious. No, it ain't. No, 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 no. See, and we build fortresses around our lives that the Holy Spirit... In the, and keeps the Holy Spirit and the manifestations out when we start trying to explain it away. So we don't see the exhibition or the expression or a clear view of the kingdom of God. When you try to start explaining away, come on. See, we've created these church cultures that Jesus just died for us to go to heaven. It's not the case. Acts chapter 18 we'll go, we'll go let's go visit another highly controversial verse 24 now a certain Jew named Apollos an Alexandrian by birth I, and I like the way they uh, th- this man it says an eloquent man Came to Ephesus and he was mighty in scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. What was John's baptism? For repentance, right? That's that's what this guy knew, that's what he was doing. He was fervent in it. There's nothing wrong with that. Are y'all with me? There's nothing wrong with that. And he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wanted to go across, they said, well, they called the disciples said, welcome him. And when he had arrived, he helped greatly those who had believed through grace. And he was powerfully refuting the uh, scriptures that, the, that Jesus was the Christ. Now, 19, look in Acts 19, verse 2. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. This is where we find ourselves right now. We find ourselves in a place where we have Americans, Christians, believers, a whole culture of church who have been baptized for the repentance of sin but haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and who aren't walking in the power of God for the manifestation of it. Come on. It's because it hasn't been taught. We've explained it away. We've we've done all the things to limit our faith and the manifestation of it to where we don't see it And so we just kind of go about our routine everyday life, fervent in scripture, fervent in believing in Christ, but we haven't fully come to the knowledge that God wants to do all of this in us. And that's how we get the master pastor guy. It ain't, listen, Christianity ain't about this one guy. It's about every individual walking in the ministry, in the operation, in the manifestation of the power of God right where you're at. But we have to understand the why behind all of it. There's a reason. There's a reason for it. Acts chapter one. He said to them, it is not for you to know times and epochs which the father has fixed by his own authority. And let me just stop right there. They started out thinking, God, all right. They're in the upper room. Man, end times. Lord, you're gonna set your kingdom up. We're ready for it. Are you gonna do it right now? See, that's what we do when we don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? But when we understand the work of the Holy Spirit and the ministry, the operation and the manifest part of it, we understand that there's something we have to steward. There's something that we are going to be doing. And Jesus is telling them right here, he says, it's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power. He automatically turns the conversation from end times to here's what you need. Is anybody in here? He automatically returns it To you're fixing to receive power. Why would he say you're going to receive power if you're just to sit and to wait on heaven to come? See, I know I'm just a simple old country boy, but that right there tells me that there's something I need to do. That I have the Holy Spirit for a reason. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. What are we witnessing? We are ministering, operating, and manifesting thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well done, thy good and faithful slave. You've been faithful with little. I will put you in charge of much come on does this make sense now see the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in all the truth about the promises of God and makes them clear to the lives of people around us Luke chapter 6 what did Jesus tell them a blind man cannot guide a blind man can he See, we're without the Holy Spirit, we're just wa- running blind. We've run blind way too long. We've blunt, run blind way too long. Will they not bo- both fall into a pit? You want to know why churches are drying up and dying? Because they're not being led by the Holy Spirit of God. You know why people have to come up with programs and Dancing bears and dogs jumping through hoops. <laughs> Come on. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in all the truth of the promises of God. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained, everyone, all of us, everyone, fully trained. What does Ephesians four eleven? God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? So that they can just know for the equipping of the saints. Our job is, listen, it should bless your socks off that Wendy and those teachers are equipping your children to be saints for the work of service. Come on, from the time they're little till the time they get up, equipping the saints for the work of service. You are a saint. You don't have to wear a black robe, walk around with a little ball of smoke to be a saint. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're a saint sitting there in your cap, in your t-shirt, in your shorts, in your boots, in your hat. You're a saint. To do the ministry, to be in charge of the operation of the kingdom of God, To bring it manifest right here on earth. Thank you, Mary, for clapping. (laughs) Being faithful with the little things. Learning and growing. Okay, I see you, Holy Spirit. Come on. The Holy Spirit will put little things in your path, in your way. That person that's sitting on the side that has that look of mundane, of routine, God's putting that person in your life to minister. And if you don't minister to that one, you're not going to minister to three or four. You never know what that's going to open up a door for when that one person that is over there that stinks, that looks like they're on crack chewing their ears off in the uric, and you don't want nothing to do with them. No, that's who you're called to. Man, are you with me in here? We're called to a thirsty and hurting world to minister, to be in operation, to manifest the kingdom of God in their life. I know you'll think, I know the enemy's going to try to tell you, I don't want to bother them or I don't know what they're going to think I'm telling you, I've been doing this a long time and he still comes at me with that. That poor little old girl sitting in the truck stop that was sexually abused, just sitting there and you could see it all over her face and I'm telling you, it just ate on me. And I walked by and I'm like, you know, kind of like, ooh, I don't want to touch none of that. My first thought, she was a lot lizard. you know what that is. Prostitute in a truck stop. That's what it's called. That was first thought. Then the Holy Spirit said, no, you better get back over. Said, ma'am, can I pray for you? Broken tears. Please. Please. Come on, what I'm telling you is you are an extension of the kingdom of God. And we can't just walk past this hurting world anymore. We can't do it. See, if we're being led by the Spirit of God, it's going to manifest the kingdom of God in our lives. You're going to see it. And if you're not seeing the kingdom of God manifested in your life, look and see if ministry operation is taking place. If you're not seeing the manifestation of the kingdom of God, do a self-examination. Am I ministering? You want to know the cure for depression? Minister. Get involved. Minister. When you quit thinking about you and start thinking about somebody else, cure for depression. Yeah. I'm telling you, I can fix all the world's problems if they come in here and just listen for 30 minutes. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. Fix it. Every confused youth Fixed. Come on. All the gender confusing. Fixed. Fixed. This is the manual for life. Fixes every problem All the gun violence, all the drug habits, all the abuse, come on. The rape victims, the molestation victims that are out there that can't get peace, that can't sleep, fixed right here. He can fix it. Well, that's a bolt. I've seen it. I've seen it. Me and Daddy and Luke have seen girls that were that had been in a cult and molested over and over and over. I can't even tell you some of the most horrendous things that we heard. Multiple personalities fixed, delivered, free. that's what Philip was doing Philip was walking through a hurting and thirsty world and he just began to pour out God said Philip you're too you're too valuable to leave here on this desert road I need you 20 miles over here so come on let's go you want to be translated become useful in the kingdom of God, you want to walk on water? You're going to have to step out of a boat. I'm not talking about just sitting around. Let me tell you something. I'm not good at sitting around. I wasn't going to be a good Christian just sitting in a pew. I'd have never never made a Christian sitting in a pew. Just not designed that way. None of us are. Because there's a longing and a thirsting on the inside of us that says, I know there's more. And I can remember thinking, I know there's more to this Christianity than this. I know there's more. Come on, how many of y'all ever thought that? Come on, be honest. Let's have church. I know there's more. I know there's more for me to be doing. Our problem is, is we've been talked out of doing for too long. But when you get to a place where you can't be talked out of it, you're going to start seeing something. You're going to start seeing something. Come on, I refuse to be talked out of. Nothing is impossible with God. Y'all stand with me. John 16. It says, but when he... The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you in the way. For He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak. I love this part. And He will manifest it, He will disclose it to you, He will bring it into view, it will be visible. It don't get no more clear. It don't get any clearer. He'll disclose it to you what is to come. I need you over here. I need you praying for this guy here. I need you. How many times have you been somewhere and you're thinking, wow, that was a divine appointment and you just thought you was going to get eggs. You just thought you stopped at that gas station. You just thought you parked in that RV spot for all those years for a reason. It God used you. In that same RV spot, shining your light, welcoming everybody that comes by even though your dog don't. (laughs) No, you're on assignment. You think you're just at a barrel race. You think you're just duck hunting. You think you're just a realtor. Let me tell you, you're fixing to see a lot of people. And what you thought you were selling the house, you're ministering the gospel. People ain't going to buy the house because it's a house. They're buying a house because they got ministered in that house. That's where they found Jesus. It got set free. See, you're always on assignment. You think you're just at a cell barn. You think that old cow ran over you and you're tired of mesmerizing? No. She's going to the cell barn and there's an assignment at the cell barn. (laughs) Yeah. funny how we here it comes
1: we can get too busy in life and uh i've been guilty like david said we're always on the time too long ago my next door neighbor uh, Uh, comes and me and Shiloh's building fence because I've got this heifer. We're fixing to feed out, what have you, and man, I'm focused, tunnel vision and all that. Well, my next door neighbor comes over and says, hey man, I've had this situation with my cow. Could you come help? And I, man, I, I admit my flesh was like, oh my God, really? I'm trying to finish this fence, you know? Can't you tell? So I said, All right, I've got a front end loader. I've got a front-end loader on my tractor. He said, man, my cow went to the water trough and they've been a bunch of rain and got stuck in the mud at the water trough. And he came in, I think, a day later and found her in there stuck in that same spot. Not only that, but she was having, she had her baby while she was stuck in the mud and they had to literally pull the baby out. And, man, this cow was wiped out, man. They finally got her out of the mud. And so he's, she's laying there, and he's feeding her and giving her water and what have you. And it didn't look good. So he asked me and Shiloh to come over to the front end loader, hook her up, try to stand her up. <laughs> and we did that. And we tried. And it didn't, Man, her legs were stiff. I've never seen a cow like this and it didn't look good at all and man it just God just told me pray over that cow and I I went over there and laid hands on her I said in the name of Jesus I speak healing to you right now I could tell how it affected him he said man I want my cow to live he's put a lot of money in her and now he's had a beautiful little baby and I just laid hands and I didn't hear no songs from heaven or anything like (laughs) that I just did what God told me to do so A week later, we went over there, tried to lift her up, and she was still stiff. And I've heard that three to a week that she won't make it. And uh, I just believed God. And he kept on saying, man, Ken, I hate to have to put her down. I hate to. I said, we're going to believe God she's healed. I just kept on, because he was speaking this way, and I was speaking this way. And I said, we're going to believe God's going to move. Nineteen days later, I done... Finished. I'm working on the pipe fence, finish, finished my chore. He comes over there said, Man, my cow made it. <laughs> so, and that's just God. So, we can just don't get so busy building pipe fence that we're so focused that, man, when somebody needs help and to believe God for them. God's about that cow and I'm believing that guy's going to be coming to church one day because he knows that God healed that cow. I had nothing to do with it. I was just a vessel and be willing to put the hands on it. But that's what we... What they, we're always on assignment. Don't get so caught up in your own thing that you don't see this person hurting or whatever it may be in in that ministry time. So... Be, just We always ask God, God, use me, use me. Well, God's like, okay, man, I'll, I need you to do this. And you're like, well, golly, I'm building pipe fence. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's get our priorities right. <laughs> we'll, we'll build that later. Let's, yeah. So be willing That's to right. be. Because he will That's use good. you if you ask. That's and right. And be ready and be willing. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, that is a miracle.
0: Because when a cow gets down like that, they don't get up. They just don't. Especially after 19 days. That's a miracle. But
2: she, she always showed
0: the will like she always ate. And she always... Oh, I've seen them do that and die. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hope. Yeah. Yeah. That is a miracle. That's a big miracle. To be honest with you. Yeah god is good y'all but listen you need the holy spirit you need the holy spirit well come on
2: i'm sorry but he said you need the holy spirit so i was like okay (laughs) um a few weeks ago this girl at work we were all sitting in the office doing our jobs and she just goes what's the difference between potential energy and kinetic energy and we all said who cares <laughs> you know <laughs> we took that test we passed it we're done um, but it still stuck with me because I you know we figured you know potential energy is like stored energy I figured that and I knew kinetic has to do with motion and one thing mm-hmm. led to another, and I kind of looked them up. Potential energy is stored energy, but its potential is based on its position. Ooh. And kinetic energy, the amount of kinetic energy you get is based on the amount of work equal to the amount of force applied. And I thought, you know, the, the Holy Spirit inside you is your potential energy and its potential is based on his position which is the god of the universe.
0: Hmm. Wow. So
2: that is an infinite amount of potential. Man, that's great. And the kinetic energy is your faith. It's your ministry, it's your operation. Wow. That's the amount of work that's applied. And the kinetic energy that goes out is like The velocity, it has to do with the mass and the velocity, and the velocity is always squared, so it's like moving faster than even what you applied to it. So when you have all of that together, it's like it's not you, it's that potential inside you, which is the Holy Spirit and his position to the God of the
0: universe. Wow, (laughs) man. (laughs) Wow. That was worth it all, wasn't it? <laughs> that, you can't explain that any better. That's why he said boldness. That's what we need, that boldness. Now, let me just throw this out there. Because A lot of times what happens is we kind of rock on and we're just at a certain point and we just like the guy, Apollos, that was just right on the edge. He was fervent in scripture, fervent, but he was needed that boost. And that was the Holy Ghost. That was that energy on the inside. Listen, You're in here and you're going, man, I I got that. I got the revelation of that. I've been saved. I've been baptized. But I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Listen, if that's you, I want you to come up here. Because I'm going to pray for you. Listen, forget everything that you've seen and heard in the past. I ain't going to lay hands on you. I ain't telling the devil to let go of your tongue for 20 minutes. Well, I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. Line up right here. That's not how this works. This is the Holy Spirit. It is an act of your will. If you want to speak in tongues, you'll speak in tongues. And then you'll, and if not, and you don't Get the evidence of speaking in tongues right away, that's fine. It's gonna come. But it's an act of your will. God ain't gonna wag your tongue, making you come on. That's not how this works. You'll hear a syllable, and then you'll just begin to speak in, you'll just say that syllable. Tim doing, is the funniest thing. When he got baptized the Holy Spirit, all he could say was, Numa, 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 Numa. He went home and it was like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Numa, 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 Numa. Then he figured out Numa in Hebrew meant spirit. And so he was Numa, 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 Numa. it's always going to sound foolish to your human nature yes. side. Always. But let me tell you something. When you get in a bind and you get somewhere or you get down and you need to come up and you begin to start speaking in your prayer language, the Holy Spirit knows what you need because He's in touch. He's that energy on the side that's in touch with the power and the... Of the creator of the universe. Come on, I know there's more. Do what? Prayers. Prayers. It's like the ceiling. It's like they can't get through. Come on, I know there's some more. Here's how simple this is too. Do you believe in Jesus? that He's the Son of God, that He was sent here to die on the cross for your sins, that you'll be forgiven. That's the first part. Come on. I- I'm going to sit here and wait. Wait. 'Cause you've been stirred on the inside and you're like, man, I know. I I just feel like I Listen, I'm telling you there's so much more. There's so much more. And it's the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh man. Come on, you've been baptized and you're just like, man, I want the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the power in my life. I want that. Come on. Yeah, we got In the day in which we live, we got to have it. Come on, anybody else? I'm telling you it is amazing and we're always reluctant we're always reluctant because it's so unknown but it is the very thing he is the very Person of the Trinity that we need the absolute most. All right, here's what we're going to do. The word Spirit in the Bible is breath. God's very name that. It was, Yahweh, Yahweh. It's breath. Yahweh. It's the very breath, spirit. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take three deep breaths. And on that third breath, whatever syllable you're hearing in your head, you just start speaking it and give it volume because what's going to happen is, is the Holy Spirit will build on that syllable for the rest of your life. Okay. Paul, you start at that in and when I pray you just start walking laying your hands on them. Keisha you want to come up Wendy you want to come up come on buddy man come on Wendy you come in front of the women on this side Keisha you come in front of the women on this side Paul come in front on the men on this side Father I thank you that the promise of the Holy Spirit, to come on us for boldness, for power to disclose the things of the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you right now that the Holy Spirit will begin to move, become so evident in their lives. Now everybody take one breath. Now let it out. Now take another breath. Now let it out. Now take his third breath. Now start. Jesus, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for all that you're doing in their life. Thank you for what you're going to do in their life. <laughs> there it is there he is right there. come on there we go. Hallelujah now give it volume. Hallelujah Thank you Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit for that boldness. <laughs> that's him that's you got it there that's it. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Never be the same. Never. There's gonna be things that God's gonna do and show you that is gonna confound you. And you're gonna even wake up. You're gonna wake up in the morning, and there's gonna be a song on your lips that hasn't been before in a long time because the enemy's been trying to beat you up. He's been trying to take you out. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's gonna reveal to you how beautiful you are to the kingdom of God and how valuable and your work. of what He's going to do through you to reach a thirsty people in need whoo my 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 whoo my 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 I thank you Lord it ain't over this is just the beginning this is just the beginning this is just the beginning it ain't over your work is not done Oh man, oh man, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Oh man, a boldness like you've never thought you would ever have. (laughs) Like you've never thought that you would have you're going to find yourself in discussions that you thought you'd never be having. (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. My, my, my. My, my, my. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. A wisdom. A release. A release. Your past is not going to define you. All the past is not defining you. And the Holy Spirit's going to take you into a future that you never thought was even possible. That you never even thought was possible. (laughs) Let me tell you, He's going to chip away at a lot of old mind stuff. He's going to chip it away. He's going to chip it away. He's going to chip it away. Little by little. And He's going to keep pulling you (laughs) to a deeper walk that you never could have understood that you could ever have. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, I thank you, Father. I thank you.
1: Oh, man.
0: giant killer. Giant killer. Giant killer. (laughs) Giant killer. You just keep slinging your rocks. You just keep slinging your rocks. Because let me tell you something. The David that killed Goliath wasn't quite ready for the kingdom but God is prepared God is preparing you to rule. God is preparing you to be the head. You just keep killing your giants. You just keep killing your giants. And one day, you're going to step into everything that God has called you to be the man after God's heart, the man after God's heart to lead a generation that is gone awry, thats has gone awry, that doesn't even know who they are. You're going to lead them into exactly who they are. You just keep killing your giants. It may seem like you're alone. But let me tell you, they will come to you for the way. They will come to you for the way. You ain't going to have to go looking for them. They're going to come to you because they see you killing your giants. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, man. Oh. huh? What you thought was going to take you out. What you thought was going to take you out is <laughs> only going to push you deeper into the things of God. (laughs) Deeper. You're in a place right now where you're learning. It may be frustrating because you see where you want to be. You see where you want to be. Holy Spirit's gonna get you there. Just be obedient to His leading. His leading. His leading. Study the life of the mighty men that David had around him. They were some radical men, they were radical. That's you. That's you. You're not going to fit the mold. (laughs) You're not going to fit the mold. And they're not going to (laughs) understand. But they don't have to. They'll see the kingdom manifested through your life through your life. my dog. thank you Jesus Father we come to you we thank you Holy Spirit we can't thank you enough for what you mean to us as believers that you lead us and guide us in all the truth to refresh to bring healing and comfort in the knowledge of the Father and what we really mean to Him and what we really mean to a thirsty world hurting. May our lives be about reconciliation and redemption as we minister and as we move in the operation. Manifest Your presence amongst us in our everyday life to be the church not a building but to be the church the body of Christ in a world that needs us that's being shaken to its very roots and core Father we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name Amen Amen Love you